Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Like the banking crisis is behind us. I don't know about you, but I certainly hope that is true. Nothing like a bank run, nothing like scaring the consumers to retreat, to move money around. We've seen mar- money market funds explode. We are seeing, you know, hundreds of bill or hundred billion dollars out of the regional banks and the big banks. Uh, there are lots of dominoes still to fall, data we will see in the near future. All of that aside, You and I need to talk about the Fed. I'm going to share with you my current expectations. Uh, They haven't changed in the last six or nine months, but I just wanted to give all the new viewers, shout out the new viewers who are here. Thank you for being a part of One Rental at a Time. Like, subscribe, comment. Interact with this amazing community. We do the work, we encourage people, and we have a good time. So let's talk about the banking crisis, or actually the Fed path. I believe we are going to get one more and the last Fed increase of a quarter point. I think it's May 3rd. It might be May 2nd, early May. I have said for probably a year now that I expect the terminal rate to be 5%. I see no reason to change my opinion at this point. We are here. We will see what happens. I do believe that that early May meeting, it will be a decision between a quarter point or nothing. It could be a pause. We could be done already. I do believe that the Fed will raise one more time. It has been my long-standing belief that Powell has been remarkably clear. The market may not hear him, but I believe he's been remarkably clear. What do I mean? I believe he has told us Over and over again, he doesn't want to repeat the double-dip recession or beating inflation only to have inflation come back. So I believe Powell and his cronies at the Fed have always planned to go one more rate increase than maybe was wise. They want to make sure they put out the last embers of inflation. So again, that is my expectation. I will admit that the current betting odds are, I am wrong. I believe the current betting odds are roughly 68% for pause and 32% for a quarter point. We will see. Second, we get a PCE, which again, personal consumption expenditures on Friday. It will be important because it is one of the last numbers the Fed will get before their May 2nd. Yes, May 2nd meeting is actually before April jobs, which I think comes out May 5th, certainly before April CPI, which I think is the 11th or 12th. So while it appears to be two months away, we really only have a couple of data points. For example, this Friday PCE, next Friday we will get March jobs numbers, but that's it. We won't get May numbers until after the Fed meeting. So lots of folks are talking about May being so far away. They're talking about, they, they, they naturally expect multiple runs of data 
and that is just not what is going to happen. So again, PCE will be important. I believe this PCE reading on Friday will be above expectations, certainly above core expectations, and it is core. It has always been inflation is three components, goods, housing, wages. Housing has not rolled over yet. The data is great. The real-time data is great, but that is not how it is calculated. It is calculated on a 12-month rolling forecast. And unfortunately, we haven't gotten rid of the big numbers and replaced them with enough small numbers. So it is where it is. Later this year, I believe Powell will look like a genius. Because again, it is just how math works. As we get into September and October and November, we will start replacing enough of the big numbers in housing with small or uh, disinflationary numbers, and it will look better. I expect us to end the year CPI headline above, or I'm sorry, around 4%. So down, I don't know, a third from where it is today. So again, that's where we're at. So that's the Fed path. If you agree or don't agree, feel free to leave a comment. I know a lot of people are expecting a cut. I could not possibly imagine a cut in May. Dare I say, I hope there's not a cut in May. What do I mean by that? If there's a cut in May, it means something really, really, really bad broke. And I certainly hope that for none of us. Um, but let's see. That is my expectations. Agree or disagree? Leave comments below. I always read them and appreciate them. The banking crisis. Whether we like it or not, the fact is, the banking crisis is helping Jerome Powell. The banking crisis is doing two very important things for inflation. One, it is slowing the movement of money. Money creation, M2, is slowing down. Liquidity is being drained in the system. This is not money printer go burr. In fact, it is the exact opposite. What we are going to see going forward is less lending, more strict lending. All of these things are going to be happening. And most importantly, everybody is acknowledging that what we will see over the next three to six months is tighter lending standards acting like a rate increase. Could it be as small as a quarter of a point that Jerome Powell hemmed and hawed? Or it could, be a, could it be a point and a half like I posted on Twitter one rental at a time several weeks ago. In that post on Twitter, I said very few people understand what this really means. We posted it early, uh, and I hopefully you saw that. If you're not following me on Twitter, give me a follow one rental at a time. But again, I believe after looking at this data for about three weeks, I believe it's actually 100 basis points. So not quite 150, but certainly more than a quarter. And then second, and this is what I called Saturday after Silicon Valley Bank went poof. The consumer. We are without question a consumer-driven economy at 68% of GDP. What you saw two weeks ago was mom and dad get scared. How do you know they got scared? We have seen people take eight, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars out of their checking or savings account and put it in 10 cans and bury it in the backyard. Not really, but you understand what I mean. This is not normal. This is not something that says the consumer is confident. 
If mom and dad are so scared about losing their money that they take it out of a bank and put it under their mattress, that tells you they are not going to spend. I have said and I still believe that we will have the recession when it is finally called, we'll start Q2. It'll, we will have negative GDP growth. We will have rising unemployments. We will have lower production. It will be all the signs of a recession starting on Saturday. I think Saturday is April 1st. I could be wrong. But there you go. So that's what's coming. But again, the banking crisis is helping Jerome Powell. Hey, Kip, thanks for the super chat. I appreciate you. Thank you, buddy. So again, the banking crisis is helping Jerome Powell. And then remember housing, the second part of inflation. All Jerome Powell needs to do is get to about July or August. Once July or August comes, the housing numbers will roll over and work in his favor. He won't even have to do anything. He won't have to do anything and he will look like a genius. All he has to do is get to July and August and the pressure on Jerome Powell eases up as inflation goes from six, something in the fives, something in the fours, and maybe, just maybe, something in the high threes. That's where I think we end the year at. And if we are in the high threes at the end of the year and the terminal rate is 5%, as I expect, we are restricted. We no longer have negative rates. We haven't had positive rates in quite a while. I expect us to have real rates, restrictive policy by the end of the year. This is my hope. This is what I am seeing coming. Let me know what you think below. And then finally, Silicon Valley Bank. One more thing about Silicon Valley Bank that I think is just amazing. And again, remember, we had the CEO of a Silicon Valley-based tech company tell us about her 6 a.m. phone call about one of her peers moving $4 billion from Silicon Valley Bank that Thursday. What we just learned after the, uh, I don't know, meeting, discussion, whatever, in the Senate, is not only did $42 billion leave Silicon Valley Bank in six hours, there was $100 billion set to leave on Friday. Folks, $100 billion plus $42 billion would have equaled 81% of deposits. No bank on the planet could survive an 81% withdrawal in a day and a half. Their goose was cooked. What does this mean? Once the bank loses confidence of the depositors, game over. Game over. This, this was a bank run in the digital age. If you saw bank runs from the Great Depression, you've seen lines out the door. This was a bank run in the di digital age. A day and a half. Think about the math. That's $142 billion. I haven't done the math, but it's gotta be like 10 million a second or something. It is absolutely wild to think about. Next, we are seeing more and more signs of rent growth slowing down. Rent growth across the country is now at pre-pandemic levels. It is now up only 2.6%. Again, national average. We talked about Oklahoma City yesterday. Ouch! I think it was down like 14.8% or 14.6%. So again, this is a national average of 2.6%. Why is that important? We are now seeing kind of pre-pandemic levels. You have heard me talk about 
multifamily, rent, cap rates, all of the pain that is coming. Uh, if you are, again, an LP in Oklahoma City, call your GP immediately because uh, you may have lost all your money, unfortunately. So again, rent growth is slowing. And again, why is this important? It helps Jerome Powell. It helps you and me. It means we get to 5% and we stop. One thing I did forget to say is I do not expect a cut this year. I think a cut this year would be a gigantic mistake. I am going to wild ass guess that the first cut comes March of 2024. Again, as always, I love to interact with you. If you want to guess what month the first Fed rate cut is, leave a comment below. Let's see what happens. Miami. First off, I, lo I just love the growing audience of One Rental at a Time. Shout out you. Give yourself a pat on the back. Thank you for being here every day. I want to give a special shout out to Marvin. Marvin is a broker in Miami. Marvin was nice enough to send me very detailed information on Miami because I asked yesterday in the Daily Financial News, if you know Miami, send me some numbers. I want to see what is going on. So this is what we got from Miami. First, active inventory. Active inventory in December, 4,043 active listings. Fast forward to March 28th. These numbers are from yesterday. March 28th, active listings, 3,214. Rough and tough, inventory down 20%. Here are two fun facts. And again, I would ask you to look in your buy box, your area, and see if the data is similar. This number is frightening. Okay, remember, we said active listing today, 3,214. According to Marvin, 20%. Let's call that 640 listings are below the median price. I want that to just sit there in the middle of the table and understand what that means. If we only have 600 listings below the median, which means we have 80% of listings above the median. So what might that mean? If I looked at that data, <coughs> If that data was Fresno, California, which is the market I look at every day, this is what I would confidently interpret. I would say, wow, we only have 20% below the median, 80% above. This is what I would postulate. One, we are going to see transactions fall. Transactions almost by math have to fall because there's just nothing below the median. That's not how this works. The median is the middle. You can't have the middle be 20% of the market. That's not how this works. So the first thing I would confidently say is I believe transactions will go down. The second thing I would say, again, because this is how math works, the median would go up. The median almost by its nature has to go up when the, when the affordable stuff is not there. That, this is not average. This is median. It is the middle. People do not understand this. And I believe what is happening in Miami is happening in most markets. You tell me. You show me your data from your market. I believe the data below the affordable is less. I believe the inventory is stacking up. Luxury is dead. Move up is dead. Uh, entry level, 
scarce, less than a month's supply in most markets. So Marvin, thank you very much for sending me all that data. I appreciate it. I actually shared Marvin's graph that he sent me on Instagram, follow me one rental at a time, and Twitter, one rental at a time. Marvin, you can go check it out, repost it, whatever you want to do. Thank you for being a fan of one rental at a time. Patrick Bet David, Valuetainment. Uh, when I on my long run yesterday, one of the videos I listened to, Patrick Bet David had a gentleman, I don't remember his name, his name is not important, but they were talking about raising the marginal tax rate to 90%. Yes, folks, 90%. The gentleman thought that was fair. And then I saw Patrick Bet David tear him down. I thought Patrick Bet David did a great job of remaining calm and really pushing in this individual who wasn't being intellectually honest. He was basically saying, tax them and don't tax me. That's what he was saying. Also, this gentleman said it should be illegal to be as rich as Patrick Bet David. Hey, jackass, if you solve real problems, you should be rewarded. I don't like that mentality. You should be rewarded. The larger the problems you solve, the more you should be rewarded. This is not communism. It's not how the system works. And you have heard me repeatedly say, I do not like socializing losses. I did not like the bank bailout of S Silicon Valley Bank. I believe the depositors should have been on the hook for losses, not huge losses. I, I recommend the, the FDIC do what IndyMac did, give them a coupon Monday. I said 80 to 85%. The rules of the road were clear. Nobody I know doesn't know the FDIC limit, but they didn't ask for my opinion. So again, I am not sitting here saying, Give me the wind wins and socialize the loss. That's not what I'm about. If you play, you can win or lose. That, those are the rules of the game. So again, uh, Patrick Bet David, I thought you did a great job of um, pushing back on this individual who was uh, intellectually dishonest, in my opinion. Alibaba. Again, we talked about Alibaba yesterday. I want to highlight Alibaba, what are they doing? They're basically a big umbrella company. They are now splitting into six individual smaller companies. Why? Because they see opportunities to raise capital. Each company has different future IPOs, all of that. The important thing for you and me is what other companies might do the same thing. I think what we're going into is an environment where more companies might think about that strategy. It's basically unlocking value. It's unlocking shareholder value. So again, could Amazon do that? Absolutely. Could Meta or Facebook do that? Absolutely. Could Google or Alphabet? Absolutely. Those are the big tech, but there are many, many, many more companies that might look at this as a way going forward. So again, just something to look at. And then finally, we actually, at one rental at a time, have an amazing cast of millionaires that come back every week to talk to you. Many of them heard me talk about wanting to do possibly an event where we interview real estate agents and we talk about how real estate agents and investors can work together. How does an investor work with an agent? How should an agent work with an investor? How should agents become investors? All of that, we now have Beth Traverso, Jason Pritchard and TYLG 
Ty coming back, where they're going to come on April 23rd. We are going to do three hours, one hour each, Beth, Jason, and Ty. I'm going to open it up to, again, 100 people. You are going to be able to ask them questions. I believe the order is Beth first, Jason second, and Ty brings us home. As always, no PowerPoint. I will ask each of them a set of questions up front, and then you, the audience, you, just like the Buy Box Deep Dive, you will make this session go. So if you ever wanted to interact with Beth, Jason, or Ty, you are going to have your opportunity. I will be creating the Eventbrite link here in the next day or so, but you can plan for it. April 23rd, this will sell out. Not to be outdone, the week before, April 16th, we are going to do the Ladies of Real Estate. Anna Kelly has agreed to be a part of it. She will come on at 8 a.m. Anna Kelly, who we will talk to today. Next, April Crosley. April Crosley, Lazy Girl REI. She is a part of my second book, 15 Conversations with Real Estate Millionaires. Then we will have Alicia Merriman out of Hunting, Hunt, Huntsville, Alabama. And Casey from Brick by Brick her, is her Instagram channel. We are going to have four amazing ladies with four different stories just showing you how it is done. If you are a lady or a female and you are tired of seeing all the guys talk, you are going to have your opportunity to ask questions on the 16th. If you are a gentleman and you want to get your wife or anybody on board, it will be a great day. Again, these four ladies are killing it. I do not think real estate investing cares, female or male. But there is no question, you and I see it. In fact, my channel stats say 80% of you are male, 20% of you are female. This meeting on the 16th is going to be led by four amazing rock stars. It is going to be four hours. I am going to start an hour early just for you. We are going to go at 7 a.m. with Anna, uh, 8 a.m. April, again, 9 a.m. Alicia and 10 a.m. Casey. I can't believe it. The millionaires reached out to me. We did a daily financial news. I asked you what you wanted. They reached back out. We're going to do it. So again, one on the 16th, one on the 23rd. They will both sell out. Only 100 people allowed. That's what Zoom allows. I'm going to do this again as a meeting, not a webinar. A webinar, us talking to you, sucks. We are going to do a meeting where you can actually get on camera and ask Anna or April or Alicia or Casey a question. I hope you appreciate these folks are going to be coming to you on that Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm already vibrating excitement. I have work to do to create the event bright and all of that. But you can plan on it. And again, they will sell out. Both of them will be priced the same, 47 bucks. One's four hours, one three hour, doesn't matter. They will be 47 bucks. It keeps out the riffraff. It's a nice number. Um, not too expensive. So again, and they will be recorded and loaded for later use. So I'm excited. Hope you are. Again, March 29th, like, subscribe, comment. We talk about the daily financial news seven days a week. Bye-bye.